Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. The first lady is here. First lady of Bean Dollar Baby Entertainment. I go by the name of Kay Kilo. And I just wrapped up my dope interview with Dirty Girl Facets. And I just jumped off the porch. I really been did it though. Gang. Alright, so we got K Kilo off the porch with us today. First lady of Big Dollar Baby Entertainment don't ever play like that, do not ever play with me like that. <laughs> How you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I actually, I came in here with a good mood. Y'all need to ask them. I came in here with a good mood. <laughs> I've been taking me a couple of little shots, you know what I'm saying? And I don't never take shots before interviews, but today was a good day and I look cute as hell. There it is. Mm -hmm. no, I appreciate you coming by today. Mm -hmm. um, so originally from Baton Rouge, is this right? I'm from the 225. Yes, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana and Lake Charles, Louisiana. Lake Charles be getting mad when I don't be talking about them, you know what I'm saying? Because I went to high school like this, stuff like that. So, Baton Rouge and Lake Charles, but I'm really putting on for the whole Louisiana. I feel like we never had like a female go super mainstream from Louisiana. So I want to be the first to do it. Like, just put my whole state on, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel that. So what was your childhood like growing up in Louisiana? Uh -huh. I had, I had, it was like split lives. It was just like in Baton Rouge, you had my family, like they had money. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, they had illegal money, but they had money. And then when you went home to my mom in Lake Charles, it was like, she had five kids, you know, she was a single mom. So it's really like I learned from both. It's like in Baton Rouge, it was like, go get it by any means necessary. And then on my mom's side, it was just like, don't ever depend on nobody, you know what I'm saying? And you can do shit the legal way. So it's just like, I'm like, all right, I could do shit the illegal way and I could do shit the legal way because I watched my mama do it with like five kids. So, you know, they both really made me a hustler in whatever I put my mind to, whatever I go after, I get it done because both of them impacts. It was just like, you know, I went without. I remember eating leftovers after leftovers after leftovers, then going to Baton Rouge to my daddy house and what's a leftover, you know? So <laughs> it was both lives. It was both lives, but, but it really taught me balance and it really taught me how to be humble. So it don't matter how big I get in life I'm always be humble because I had the struggle life and I had the get it by any means necessary and you're not gonna struggle life so therefore it's just like if anybody get in my way I'm gonna bulldoze you like I take it out your mouth just because of what my people told me yeah. you know yeah, that's rare that we hear that because most people either grew up just struggling or uh -huh. they grew up well off not having to do, go through both mm -hmm. was that an easy balance for you or was it was an easy transition going from one it to was, the other it was a it was 
I mean, it would be times where you would be like, oh, I want to go back home with my mom because, you know, it's like, that's your mom, you know? And then it'll be times like, oh, I want to go back to Baton Rouge because Christmas is, you know, we had the, the motor scooters. That we, they, was, they was having us riding like real Harleys at like 12 and 13. Like they didn't care just whatever they needed to give us to get us out the fuck they face. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, okay, what y'all want? Okay, here. So it's like we had everything, you know? So it's just like... It really wasn't hard for me. It just really, it just really taught me a lot of stuff. Like it taught me balance in life. So I feel like I needed that. Okay. Because yeah. I feel like if I wouldn't have had that balance, I probably, I probably would be arrogant as hell. I probably wouldn't think about others. You know, I probably wouldn't be sympathetic for lesser than jobs. You know, like nine to fives. Like, but I respect nine to fives and I respect a hustler too. It's like I can't, nobody can't talk down on neither one of them to me. You know, because it's like. I, I seen both lives. Yeah, I feel mm -hmm. that. And you went out to Houston for college? Yeah, man, I was a cheerleader, so I wanted to cheer for TSU, and okay. I wanted to go to TSU. I moved to Houston for like two months, and I hated it, but my, my goal was always like, you're going to move to Houston, you're going to start doing music there, you're going to pop, and you're going to blow. But this was like 2013. I was telling myself that, you know, like graduating high school and stuff like that. Like I told myself that. But then it was like the person that got me into the studio that showed me how to do my first rap, that showed me how to cut a song, he ended up dying. So when he died, I just was like, I just didn't want to do it no more. You know, I just was over it. And then so I left Houston. Houston was way too fast for me. I was 17 when I graduated. It was way too fast. This when Molly was first out. You know what I'm saying? I see people popping Molly. I see people in the club. You know, it scared me because I never really been around stuff like that, like influenced in it. So I just knew if I was to stay in Houston at that moment, no telling where I would be in life right now. So I ended up going to Baton Rouge. I went to Baton Rouge for like almost a year and I ended up having a baby okay. I had a baby and I just told myself like you got to do better you know like I feel like if I would have stayed there I would have had like three four more kids you know and I would have been you know three four different niggas baby mamas and I ain't got that time, I ain't got time for that so I just wanted better for myself and I wanted better for my daughter so that's when I decided I wanted to move to Atlanta and I packed up and I left I was 18 years old with a three month old baby. I hopped on a mega bus. I had like $30 to my name and I took whatever I could fit in my book bags and suitcase off for her and a little bit of stuff for me. And I just came to Atlanta and I, I worked. I worked four jobs. I worked at Hooters on Terra Boulevard. I worked for the Falcons. I worked for Stats. And then I started being a bottle girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what'd you think of Atlanta when you first arrived? I loved it. I loved it because Atlanta was so embracing. Atlanta was like, they're for the blacks. You know what I'm saying? Like they really look out for each other. Like honestly, the rap scene out here, it wins so much because everybody look out for each other. Everybody come back to support each other. Everybody hop on each other's song. When you go to other places, it's like, nah, I don't want to support him. I don't want to post him because he, somebody might see him and he may win before me. And what I noticed in Atlanta is like, nah, we all gonna make it. So I respect Atlanta. I love Atlanta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what brought you back to Houston then? <sighs> you know, everybody, every time I have an interview, I say this same thing and I don't ever tell nobody the full story or whatever. But it was just like I was dating a guy. I'm going to tell you more than I told any, anybody else. Okay. I was dating a guy and he was just really into a lot of street shit, you know, and I knew about it, you know, but 
I was a girl, you know, I was a young girl. You know, I was like 18, 19, he was like 26, 27, like older than me, you know, so by that time you got my mind going to where it's like, whatever you're doing, I don't care. So he got into some street shit and, you know, women, women are easier targets. And when they couldn't get to him, people came after me. And it was just like a horrible situation that I went through. I don't want to get too much into detail with it because I don't think I'm supposed to yet, you know. But um, they came after me and it was just very traumatic. And it scared my family because I didn't have nobody. It was just me and my daughter out here and everybody felt like they couldn't get to me. They couldn't, they couldn't do nothing for me, you know. And um, my mama just really wanted me home, but I didn't want to go to Louisiana. I never wanted to go back home. I just always promised myself, no matter what I go through, you'll never go back home. Like I slept on floors in Atlanta. Like I struggled, like I, it wasn't just like a, I got on my shit, you know, I struggled, but I made sure that I just never went back home. And so, sorry, cause I don't ever talk about this. Um, so whenever that happened to me, it happened to me on New Year's Eve, 2019. And I went back to Louisiana for like three weeks and I was miserable, you know, um, I didn't want to be there. I was kind of embarrassed about what happened to me, but I don't even know why I was embarrassed. But, you know, it's just when you don't know how to feel, you just it's like whatever, you know. So um, I just didn't want to live no more. I didn't want to live. All this joy that you see inside of me was gone. Like. I didn't talk to nobody. I just was really down on myself. And the only thing that kept me going was music. And then, so that's how I ended up getting to Houston because I was like, well, fuck it. If I don't want to be in Louisiana, I'm just go right here to Houston. Like, mom, are you okay with me just going right there to Houston? It's two hours away. And she was okay with that. Now, let me show you how crazy go out work, right? Remember in the beginning of this interview, I told you whenever I graduated high school, I said I wanted to go to Houston and start doing music and make it with music. I feel like at that time, when I went to Houston the first time, it wasn't time for me. So that's how come, I'm not saying that's why my, my brother had to die, but he wasn't my real brother, but we were close. I wasn't, I'm not saying like that's probably why he had to die or that's why I wasn't in Houston, but it was like so many obstacles happened for me to leave Houston because I don't feel like it was the right time. And I feel like I was so in love with Atlanta to where God knew that it had to be something big for me to leave Atlanta because I would have never left Atlanta. And how crazy God work is, I moved to Houston and I started doing music and in less than a year, I got signed to one of the hottest niggas in the game right now, the baby. And you know what I'm saying? Like I'm the first lady of Billion Dollar Baby Entertainment. Like we go so hard with my videos. We go so hard with my rollout. Like we not even done rolling me out yet, you know? So I'm just, I just feel so blessed. I just feel so, so blessed. That might be enough. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Just stay a minute. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, how long did it take for you to shake back mentally after that experience? Um, honestly, I. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. 
Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm not. Um, music. Writing music is like my therapy. I never went to see nobody. I never talked to nobody much. Music, me writing music, me writing fun songs or sad songs or songs talking about fuck a nigga, it just takes me to another place to where I feel like it heals me. When I know that I probably need real help because sometimes I, I have really bad days. But, um, you know, I take it day by day. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel that. Looks like you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? It's like greeting me, you would never know that mm -hmm. it was some dark shit around me like that before, you know, because I just feel like the best part about dying is almost living again. So I don't really let that define me. And that's how come I don't really talk about it because I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I want people to look at me and be like, damn, she's strong. Like, damn, she's inspiring. Like, she got up and she did it again, you know? And that's what I really want to do. I don't want nobody feeling sorry for me because, you know, it's life and I made it through. I'm popping. You see the neck, nigga? You see the wrist, nigga? Yeah, don't play like that. You see the hair. So, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's cool. I hear that. <laughs> so who were some of your favorite artists you grew up listening to that kind of influenced you to make want to try it out? Lauren Hill. Um, I was a poet. I, I, my rhymes started off as poetry. I loved Lauren Hill. Um, I loved Missy Elliott, the way that she just stood out. She didn't care what people thought about what she wore. She didn't care about being half naked. She would have a big ass pants on in the video with a big head, you know? And so I get a lot of my creativity from her. Like I get like a lot of my, this type of shit, you know, from her, you know, just being different, being original. And Nikki, like Nikki made me spit. Like she turned my poems into like rapping. Like when I saw her coming out and rapping like that, standing with a whole bunch of men, it was just like, I can do that. Like, I want to do that, you know? And there's so many other people that inspired me too, but those are my top, my top, top three. And of course, like Boosie and Wayne and Webby, you know them, because I'm from Louisiana. But mm -hmm. as far as like super, super mainstream at that time, as far as women, Lauren, Missy Elliott, and Nicki Minaj. Okay. I understand you're a big NBA Youngboy fan too. Huh? Oh my God. I saw you turning up on the ground too. Listen, I love Youngboy. I love Youngboy. Like, not even like that. Like, I love how he don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love how the whole industry is against him and that nigga still drop tape after tape after tape. You know, and he from BR and. I just like what he be talking about in his songs. I could feel him in his songs, you know. I like how he be so turned up and I like how he just him. Like, he's never tried to change for nobody in the industry ever. Like, I was shocked when I saw him get white teeth, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, the white teeth is lit. But, you know, it's like, he just don't give a fuck. And I just, I'm a super fan of Young Boy. Like, and I like other people that probably dislike Young Boy, but it's just like, I ain't never picking no side. I ain't picking no sides. And if I gotta pick a side, we see where you stand. I don't want to say that because that might hinder a few of my features. <laughs> so what was your reaction when the baby reached out to you? Bruh, like, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. It was just like, I knew from that moment on, even if I signed to him or not, I was on the right path. I was doing something right. And regardless if I signed to him or not, I was going to make it. 
I just knew because for somebody of that caliber, with, with the lifestyle that he have, with he's so busy for him to be able to see me and actually see me, you know what I'm saying? And be like, she's a star. Like, because whenever he first met me, like, you know how sometimes people do crazy numbers and then they get signed, you mm -hmm. know? My numbers were average, but they wasn't like going crazy. You know how like labels, they don't like to build no more. They want you already popping. Oh, yeah. They want you already Instagram verified. They want you already thousands and thousands of likes. And he seen me at 30K and he knew like right then, like I'ma sign her, I'ma fuck with her. And I went from 30K and now I'm almost at 300K and it ain't even been a year, nigga. It ain't even been six months, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm just so excited about that. Do you know if there was a certain song that he heard that made him a fan or was it kind of the whole package? It was the whole package. Um, so it was a recap. It was a recap from a listening session. And one of his friends mentioned me and was like, I had a song called Bennett. I was pushing Bennett at the time. Bennett just hit over a million views on, on Instagram. I think it's like 1.5 million right now. Yeah, yeah on, on YouTube. YouTube. Uh -huh, it's doing really good. Thank y'all so much for supporting me. But um, Bennett has just dropped in. His friend was just like, man, you need to do whatever you need to do to get at the baby on this song. It's going to go billboard. You know, he billboard baby. Go, go in. Go, go in. Get him on there. And then five minutes later, the baby DM me and was like, are you signed? Really? And I just was, I thought it was a, I thought it was a joke. You know how them bots be playing? <laughs> so I thought it was a joke. And I'm just like, but when I saw the blue check, I'm like, damn. And let me tell you what even makes it so crazy. I never even, I never even believed in manifestation or nothing like that, right? My first time ever going to a vision board party was uh, New Year's Eve 2020. And he's the only person on my vision board. Like I put him on my vision board. I was just like, I love his story, his ground and his success. Like I looked up to him, like not in like a flirtatious way, like a, I look up to him. And it just scared me because I'm like, damn, I spoke this man into my life. You know what I'm saying? And we just so close. So, but his friend, his friend, sent my page to him and okay. his friend commented to me and he went check me out. And I think what I was doing in that video, I was doing multiple songs, but he told me what, what gravitated me to him was, I was standing on top of the table. I was in there bitch like, yeah, jigging and shit like that. I was rapping. I was in everybody's face, you know, I didn't care. I was just like a free spirit. And he was just like, that's for sure. Like, you're like, I can see me. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I can see me a, a little bit of me and her. So he was just like, I told him, I was like, bro, you could have signed anybody. You know what I'm saying? There's so many more girls with, that was doing way more numbers or, you know, way bigger followers or way popular than me. And he told me, he said, I'm not this and the other girls, but they not turnt like you. They don't bring that energy like you. And you're right. Name one rap bitch that bring that energy like me. Like, it's none. You could try to mimic it, but it's none. Yeah. And I stand on that. So how does it feel to be the first lady of Billion Dollar Baby Entertainment? It feels so good because I'm like, baby girl, everybody take care of me. Everybody always like making sure I eat first, you know, making sure like I'm good. Like whenever we in the clubs, baby will sit and tell security, like, don't worry about me. Go surround her. Like, you know, and he kind of know my story a little bit, too. So he's even extra more like protective over me. So if we in the club and we got five security guards, he's putting four of them on me and leaving that one for him and the rest of the game. You know, so I just know, like, I'm well protected with them. Um, I don't feel like it's a lot of pressure. 
I don't feel like it's a lot of pressure because the minute I start thinking it's a lot of pressure is the minute I start psyching myself out and thinking that, oh, I'm not doing this enough and I start being too extra on this song and I start doing weird shit. So I don't never look at it like me being the first lady. It's pressure. I just look at it like I'm blessed, I'm grateful, and I'm ready to turn up and be the superstar I want to be. Yeah. No? Is he very hands-on with your music or he kind of just lets you do it yourself? Nah, he's very hands-on. Like, I mean, as far as making a song, um, I can do whatever. I can say whatever. Like, if he don't like, it's hardly a time he tell me he don't like my song. But it's a couple of times he was just like, you don't want to switch that verse over. Like, you know, like he'll tell me some <laughs> stuff like that. But hardly, like most of the time he'll just be like, I want some major shit from you tonight. Or I want some gutter shit from you tonight. I want some twerk shit from you tonight. And that's just what I would go and deliver to him. You know, I can do all lanes. I can do pop. I can sing a little bit. I can rap my motherfucking ass off, ghetto if I need to. You know, I can make a twerking song. I can make a fuck. I can make almost any type of song. And I play the violin. So it's just like, he's very hands on with um, what song we doing next and my videos. He directs all my videos. Yeah, let's talk about that ice video. Right? That shit was over the top. Right? Oh How my much God. Fun was that shit? Listen. Ice was so much fun. Like, we got another video though. The other video is killing ice. <laughs> but let's talk about ice. You yeah. brought up ice. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Ice was fun. Ice was an all day shoot. Um, well prepared. I had I had one day to learn to dance and the dance did numbers on Instagram. When I posted the whole dance, they watched that. I had one day to learn to dance, but I like how he pressures me. Um, everything was green screen. So it was really me bringing my acting out. Like that was my first time meeting Johnny Dang and me acting like I'm in like this Narnia world. And I've never watched Chronicles of Narnia. So they looking at me like, you ain't never watched Chronicles of Narnia. And I'm like, no, but they was like, well, this is what your video is going to be based off of. So we need you to go freshen up, you know? But um, <laughs> it was so much of fun. The guys were fun. I love how they brought the whole animation together, the whole life together. Like he really put a lot of effort into my first video and that's something I would never forget. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And I would never take for granted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So bend it. This video, like you said, first one to hit a million. Bend Did it, you though. expect that bend to be it, the one? No, but well, no, not really, because I wanted to drop ice before Bennett. Okay. You know, it's a lot of people that like Bennett more than they like ice. It just depends on which, like, a lot of guys like ice and a lot of girls like Bennett. But of course, you know what I'm saying? I, ain't no guy want to hear me talking about Bennett over. What they trying to bend over? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, I'm so proud of Bennett. I'm so proud to, to watch each video and see my growth and... Bennett will forever be my baby. And I still feel like Bennett will do 
more success than what it's doing. As more people keep catching on to me, learning about who I am, as I keep getting other people's faces, you know, word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. It's just like whenever they go back and listen to my songs, it's like Bennett is picking up because now it's a lot of dance classes, dancing to Bennett, you know, sending me videos. So I feel like Bennett going to turn up a little bit more before it just be like, OK, you know what's next. But I got some more shit on the way, though. <laughs> Do you have a project on the way, or are you focusing on singles? Oh, my God. So, listen, I really want to drop a project so bad because I have so many really good songs. You know how some people get a song, and they'll just sit on that song, and then at the end of the day, they scramble and try to look for another song? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not me. And I'm not capping. You remember me earlier, you told me not to cap you down. <laughs> I'm not capping you down. I promise you, I got them bitches in the chamber like, chick, chick, like I swear I got I got at least seven songs that's going to go right now you know and it's just all a process I'm just trying to trust God trying to trust the timing of everything you know um I really want to drop a tape right now hopefully I could drop one in August okay. make sure y'all go tag baby in, in his comments and tell him let Kilo drop <laughs> a tape in August you know what I'm saying but um yeah, we're just focusing on singles right now until, you know, he feel like the world bites down all the way. Then he like give him a tape. But I want to give him a tape right now because I'll be like, bro, I want them to hear everything, you know? Yeah. Do you know what the next single or next video is going to be? Mm-hmm. I can give you the I can give you the song title. Come on. Give us it's that. called Slow Down and it's a pop song. OK. Mm hmm. I went pop already because I didn't want them to box me in, you know, mm -hmm. like I like the rap lane, you know, but I'm not in competition to be the next best rap female. Like, you know, like I want to be an overall artist. Like I want to be able to play my violin at my concerts. I want to be able to let people feel me instead of just rap, 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 rap. I want to be able to sing. I want to be able to chill and talk to them. So it's like me. I'm just an overall artist and I feel like pop is really where it's at. You know, I, I really love that lane. It's so peaceful over there. <laughs> <laughs> it is so peaceful. And it's like the shit that I've been through in life, I don't want to go into my career in a lane to where it's so much of drama. And it's like, I love rap, but let's just be real. Rap is just drama. And then when you go to pop, name one pop artist that be on Instagram arguing with each other, dissing each other. You can't name one because it's just so peaceful. So it's just like, I really want to go pop anyway. I don't blame you. Right. Seems like less headaches anyway. I like festivals. I want to be on the biggest festivals. Like, that's well, my goal. You got to be on one of them. I'm on, I, you listen, I'm on Rolling Loud. Oh, my yep. God. Yes. I'm on Rolling Loud. I'm on all three of them for the rest of the year, too. Okay. The one in New York and the one in LA. I don't think I'm supposed to be telling people that, but oh well, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bitch. I stand on that. Yeah, I'm on all three. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. Last year, I said that I was like, my goal is to be on Rolling Loud. And. I woke up one day and, and John had texted me, this baby, John had texted me. He was just like, wake up, nigga. You on all three rolling louds. And I just was like, you're the best CEO ever. Like, you know, like he's just so dope. And so fingers crossed. I hope all of y'all pray for me. I really want to tell them, but you know, people be hating on you. So I don't even know if I should tell them what my next goal. I think I should tell them. Come on, give it to us. I really want to be on Coachella and I really want to be on Travis Scott Astro World. That nigga shit sold out in 45 minutes and he didn't even drop the lineup. <laughs> he just announced he was doing one. You know, like I got to be on that and I live in Texas. Like I'm not from Texas, of course. You know, I'm not trying to just come and take over your city, but I 
live in Houston, you know what I'm saying? And, and I be shouting Houston out. And I just feel like I deserve a place on his Astro World lineup. So fingers crossed, everybody that's a fan of me, you know, go tag Travis Scott or just pray, you know what I'm saying? Manifest it in the world that I'm gonna be on it in this fall. Mm -hmm. And fuck all the haters. If y'all hating on me, oh well, God gonna block you bitch ass niggas anyway. <laughs> How much fun was it going back to TSU for that performance last month? Oh my God. Okay, so let me tell you, I never had went to TSU. I never went. I wanted to go. I told my mom I was going. She was fucking so mad. So you actually at me. never went to class? I never, never went. Had... I never went to TSU. I never went because I was so scared of Houston. But that's why I was supposed to go, but I never went to TSU. Um, so me going to TSU, another grateful feeling. Like, I just be so grateful, man. Another grateful feeling. Um, they showed me so much, so much love. Like I didn't even think that I had that much love at TSU. Um, they were so sweet. They already told me I'm coming back for homecoming before I even walked off the campus. Like the director oh, yeah. was just like, "Oh yeah, we want we want her back for homecoming. Like go ahead and and just know keep keep it in the books. Like we want her for homecoming." So I love TSU. It was so much fun. Um, they showed me so much love. Everybody was genuine. Nobody was in the crowd with the stank face. You know, like everybody participated, and that was my real first solo concert, like show, and. For that shit to be a college university, that just lets you know where I'm going in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's huge, bro. People don't get that until they're like second and third year in, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's for real. Um, so you mentioned being a mother. What has motherhood taught you about life? Oh, you know, motherhood calmed me down because I'm a firecracker. A lot of people don't know that, but I... I used to spit on a bitch quick. You know, I'm so serious. Um, and I don't even talk about this side of me, but I'm just being so honest with you. Um, I used to spit on a bitch quick. I used to just, I just, every day I used to wake up and choose violence. And what my daughter taught me was that it's so much more to life. And now when you know that you got like a little bitty human being with little bitty feet and little bitty hands and so vulnerable and they looking up to you and they're depending on you and they love you. It's just like, I even go harder because of that. So when people be like, man, her work ethic, her grind is just so crazy. It's, I'm not even doing it for me no more. I don't even matter. It's, it's my daughter. You know what I'm saying? She taught me so much of patience. She taught me love. She taught me how to focus and Honestly, without her, I don't, I don't know where I would be, you know? Yeah. Like whenever I, was, whenever I was really fucked up in the head and I didn't want to be here no more, she was the only reason why I stayed because it's like she don't have a father. So if I leave, then she has no one, you know? Yeah. And I saw um, one of your lives where you mentioned you're not going to post her on your social media. Yeah, you know, I post her sometimes, but not... You know how people, I don't have a, I don't have nothing against people that post their kids, you know, but me, I just, I just know how cruel the world can be. And I see how cruel them motherfuckers be in them comments to other people's kids. And me, I can't take that because I would really want to, I would argue with them on the net. You know, I would get in them comments and be like, bitch, I spit on your mama. Like, you know, like I say that shit, like, and I'll be really trying to find them and, fight them behind my child, you know, like that's how much I love, like I'm a Leo. So it's like, I'm very overprotective. So it's just like, 
until she's old enough to understand the media and understand how to carry herself and understand how to narrate her own life, I just don't want to do it because, you know, you'll just have people come on there and just say negative shit just mm -hmm. because they're miserable. And it's just like, and I also just want her to go to school and have real friends and have real teachers and not motherfuckers that just want to be her friend because her mom is signed to Billion Dollar Baby or her mom is K Kilo or, you know, they're being nice to her or picking on her, you know? So I just want her to have a normal life. I totally respect that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the Kilo Cartel, <laughs> talk about what your fans cartel? mean to you. What you say? Say that again. Talk about what your fans mean to you. My fans mean a lot to me. You know, even the day one people that was there from 20,000 followers. Um, because without them listening to me, without them reciting my songs, dancing to my songs, requesting my songs, I wouldn't be here. Without them in the comments, liking and reposting and showing me love, I wouldn't be here. So my fans mean a lot to me. And when I say we in a cartel, we in a cartel, and you know, you can't need a cartel unless you die. So the only time y'all out the cartel is if you die, nigga, you know what I'm saying? Like, you locked in with me for life. You can't just jump ship. No, nigga, you stuck here. You know what I'm saying? So I love my fans so much. Like, if I see people in, in the comments going against my fans, like, I'd probably go off on them, you know? And my cartel don't play with me. If you be saying some negative shit in my comments before I block you, Oh, them motherfuckers, they gonna come and eat your ass alive. Like, I want my fan base to be as strong as motherfucking Nicki Minaj's, Rihanna's, and Beyonce. Those, oh. They don't play. They don't fucking play. And you know who else fan base don't play? <laughs> Young boy. I was gonna say. Oh my God, bitch, let me tell you. You got them 4K train niggas everywhere. <laughs> so it's like, I want my fan base to be as big as theirs, you know, and that's just really what I strive for. But the positive way, I don't want the mean ones that's just going to start shit. Cause you got the motherfuckers that going to start shit. I just want the ones that just really love me. Like, they got fans that really love them. Sorry. No, that's what's up. Mm -hmm. What's next for K-Kilo? What's next for K-Kilo? So I'm, I'm dropping a new single called Slow Down really soon. Can't give you guys a date. I'm sorry. I really wish I could. Um, catch me on Rolling Loud. Catch me on Travis Scott Astro World. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Talk it into existence. Catch me on Coachella, you know, and just real big things. I really feel like at the end of this year, I'm going to be super buzzing, like super going crazy. My name going everywhere. Y'all might call me back for a second interview, you know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be going that crazy. I know it will. I feel it in my spirit. I just got to trust God's timing. So what's next for K-Kilo is being a motherfucking megastar that God called me to be. You know? That's what's next. Any shout outs before we wrap it up? Shout out to motherfucking off the porch. Because about time y'all got me in this bitch. Like, what's up? I ain't jumped off the porch enough for y'all yet. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, um. Shout out to Off The Porch. You know, I really love this interview. You really ask great questions. Most people, they ask robotic ass questions, mm -hmm. but you really, I had fun doing this interview. Um, shout out to Kilo Cartel. Shout out to my label, Billion Dollar Baby Entertainment. Shout out to my CEO for seeing me and believing in me. And, um, you know, shout out to my boyfriend for seeing me and believing in me. You know, I'm not even fucking telling real I got a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm doing too much on your show. And, um, you know, and I just thank God 
And, and shout out to my motherfucking haters because every time you hate on me, bitch, every time you say I can't rap, every time you go and comment under my motherfucking pictures with that negative shit, guess what? God be like, a little bit more blessing for Kilo. Oh, another negative? A little bit more blessing for Kilo. So keep on hating on me, bitch, because the more you hate, the more I go up. So, you know, shout out to my haters and always keep God first and shit. Shout out to myself for being dope as a bitch and cute as a bitch. And shout out to my motherfucking hairstylist, D, because she got me looking... She got me looking good as a bitch. Like, ooh, watch out. Horns on forms, I pop out. Cut a bitch off, now she cropped out. Treat him like my lid and get topped out. That mean like give me some hit. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.